0: This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shi'urim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapyansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Um, I'd like to start off just by referring to something I've seen about one of our previous things. Um, it's a little bit out of order, but I just it just uh, appeared these days. It, we, so we're talking about vestiges, Um, about organs that are vestigial organs. Um, We had recently, three or four weeks ago, read an article about the spleen that is not as vestigial as was thought to be. There's actually an article in, um, it's called Science Daily, but it's quoted from the Journal of Evolutionary Biology, which is a very respectable journal, and composed by Duke scientists. Um, Let me just read the main points of it. The Lowly Appendix long regarded as a useless evolutionary artifact, won newfound respect two years ago when researchers at Duke University Medical Center proposed that it actually serves a critical function. The appendix, they said, is a safe haven where good bacteria could hang out until they were needed to repopulate the gut after a nasty case of diarrhea, for example. Um, And then the Duke scientists and collaborators from the University of Arizona conclude that Charles Darwin was wrong. The appendix is a whole lot more than an evolutionary remnant. Not only does it appear in nature much more frequently than previously acknowledged, but has been around much longer than anyone has suspected. Maybe it's time to correct the, te- the textbooks, says William Parker, PhD, assistant professor of surgical sciences at Duke. Many biology texts today still refer to the appendix as a vestigial organ. And he goes on to it, basically, it's found way too many animals, and to make sense as that it would be a vestige, and that led him to um, to the point that he made. Um, the reason actually why we get so many appendixitis, he said, um, Darwin simply did not have access to information we have, explains Parker. If Darwin had been aware of the species that have an appendix attached to a large cecum, and if he had known about the widespread nature of the appendix, he probably would not have thought of the appendix as a vestige of evolution. He was also not aware that appendicitis or inflammation appendix is not due to a faulty appendix, but rather due to cultural changes associated with industrialized society and improved sanitation. Um, and so on. So at any rate, I just felt it important to note that the more we learn, the more we realize that uh, the type of thinking that this has no use and therefore it's a mistake a prestige or whatever it is is silly. Um, to base something as if what we know is absolute is never a very, very um, abso- good way of going about things. Okay, <clears throat> let's get back to the point that we're working on. W- in this part of the series, we were working on the um, goal, so to speak, of uh, Torah and mitzvahs, so life in its biggest format. So, the first week we had spoken about, quote-unquote, from God's perspective. In other words, the tachos of creation, the endpoint that God had in mind. Last week, we spoke about the endpoint from our perspective, and we explained it's a series of endpoints. You start with what you get out of it, Tainug, uh, and then Dveikos, and then, and uh, finally the responsibility for the world, etc. <clears throat> there's one more um system f- for looking at the end goal of things and this deals not with rachodish baruch's point of view not with our point of view but actually the torah itself and um, let's explain first by uh, getting a um, by 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 starting with a Gemara that is kind of misquoted a lot. There's more at the end of Makis, and it says that there's Tarak Mitzvah, and the uh, David came and it was Hamidon and Tetzvav, and Micha was Hamidan al-Sloisha, Bocha Vakut was al-Achas. So um, each, each um, Navi um, boiled down the Torah to less and less points. <coughs> the, the, the 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 wrong simple understanding of that Chazal is that less and less is important so Kiilu means all you need to do is to have faith and that's enough, uh, everything else is just extra credit which is clear and it's wrong uh, in a sense it is the Christian view of things but um, certainly, certainly um, not our view of things so what is the point? So what does it mean, Boveham al achas? What's um, what's that? What's that all about? The um, um, there are a few other chazal, and we'll speak about them in a minute. That also that that give such a type of approach, and we'll explain what that means. Um, p- when a person is Uh, a a scientist working on discovering laws of nature, etc. And he has many, many bits of information. He has a lot of bytes or bits of data. And they are spotting a graph all over. And you have all these dots. The, The connecting the dots in a way that a coherent picture emerges and that all the dots become examples of a common um, of, 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 a, of a overarching law is the, the is the the way in which we perceive the world and it does it's a correct somehow we have the inner sense that the truth is that bits and pieces are part of a larger picture. <coughs> the mind has a very, very hard time dealing with bits and pieces. There's a Gemara that says, um, the Gemara in Tainas says, if you saw a uh, Talmud that, that is Miskasha Talmudo, it's because Mishnoso is not sturalo. Um, it's not organized. It's not um, it's a jumble of bits and pieces and that's very hard. Um, One of the oldest uh, mnemonic tricks is they show you like an example of, they give you a long list of numbers, try memorizing it. Most people have a hard time with more than seven to ten numbers memorizing random numbers. (coughs) So what you do is you make a story out of it. One person decided that for seven days he's going to eat eight lochers each day and give some of it to his three brothers. So 1783 become part of a story and so on and so forth. And if the story is cute, if it's cohesive and it's cute, people remember it that way. So the same thing is true. People remember songs much better than they do prose. It's not easy to remember a long speech. Memorizing a long speech is difficult. But a l- long song goes reasonably well. A lot of the old... Um, a lot of the old tales were, were a lot of the epics were, were, were written in sort of ballad form because it, it's easier to remember something that's part of a flowing tune rather than something that is bits and pieces, words are bits and pieces, um, whereas a tune it has sort of a unifying melody to it or rhythm to it and that helps you remember it. So a person's grasp of things is much, much enhanced when there is a Seder to it. And more than that, the, um, since Akkadish Baruch Hu is one, it is not appropriate that the final picture is that the oneness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu has 613 Ritzonos. The, the most uh, logically appropriate way of saying it is the one God has one Ratzon that comes to us as 613 pieces that need to be put together. So that means we, we, it, it is most appropriate to find the theme, so to speak, of Torah, to find the Klal of Torah that puts all the pieces together. That's the Pshat and the Gemara that Bo Vehemidon Bo al Achas, it was a process of learning how to take the pieces of Torah, taking the individual fruits and understanding the limbs they come from, the twigs they come from, the branches that they come from, the trunk that it comes from, and boiling it all down to some sort of common Shoresh. That is the um, study of Hamidah rachas, and that's what the Gemara says, the Gemara calls it in a few places, looking for Kloli HaTorah. It says that L'mashal, um, there's a sefri there's a in Pashas Azinu, which is coming up next week. He um, says Torah is martial terrain. You should try to take the Torah and put it together as a klal, rather than know it as bits and pieces. Um, you have Rebekah Kiva, says, Ze klal Torah. Or sil Gal gadol again doesn't mean to say this is important and others are not important. That's not the word klal means. Klal means it is an overarching picture that takes in many of the details. That's the word gadol. Zechal gadol means it is a it is a, a very encompassing rule which will take in many of the details of the Torah. Ad that even Ben Adam L'Makom is included in it. The Rashi explains, and so on. There's the Kalal Gadol is means it is a good picture to bring everything in under that picture. Yes. I guess maybe on a more practical level, is this? I mean, is this more just trying to understand what Hashem's ultimate Ratzon is in the in the in the Torah and the mitzvot, as opposed to understanding what the mitzvot themselves are? Cause how would study bring any understanding to any of the mitzvot? Okay, so so let's let's go to now. S- so the first thing I think that we've uh, posited and that we've put down is that there is a concept of klal that's m- that the and it is appropriate concept and there's the klal gadol and smaller klalim and so on. Lamein Afghemina actually. Let's let's phrase Pesach's question in terms of lamein Gemina. Um, how does this come into play, how is it significant? So the first thing is obviously significant, it just, it, 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 it always helps a person when we understand things properly, that's that's good. It also is very important when we need to sometimes uh, evaluate um, what's more important. There are some halachic pieces and that about what's more important than what, but then many times, uh, let's say a question, should I spend more time on davning or learning or chesed, a lot of those questions will depend on how do I see the cloud. It's also important in, in terms of a person's focusing. You know, what is he thinking when he's doing the mitzvah? Uh, the Mekubalim gave us a formula. L'shem yichud um, and I'm doing this mitzvah, this mitzvah, this mitzvah, this mitzvah, this mitzvah, and the other mitzvah. D- those are w- it, that's sort of the kavanah and content of understanding what it is that I'm doing. What is this parula doing? So the the Mukabalam gave us a formula that all mic- all mitzvahs unite kodesh and shchin But but it helps us when we're doing something, performing it. We should be able to have the sense of what it is in the process that we're doing. And we'll talk about Tzarek ben in a second. Now, the Kalal in these things is that the halacha are the dots on the graph. Halacha is determined very specifically. And they are really immutable. They're unchangeable. Um, on the one hand, they're very easy to determine. It, it's A halacha is easier to determine than an agada process. Um, they, and they never get pushed out of the way. But they are a very low level of what it is that we have. It's drawing the big picture together that gives us the deeper understanding of what puts things together. And that's called Agada. Um, halacha, which means to walk. Walk is a, a discreet activity. You, there's a step at a time. I can slice it into real pieces, um, discrete in a sense, like, like, quantums are discrete entities. They they are um, clearly defined bits that add up to something. Agoda comes from the word nigido, which means to flow. And that is a continuous activity without having discrete um, uh, sections. It's continuous, like a river that flows. So when a person is walking versus a river that's flowing, when a person is walking, there are defined steps, but each step is an entity to its own. It, it's only when you look at the whole picture of where the person was and where the person ended up that we have a bigger picture, whereas a flow is continuous. Um, and that's the difference in halacha and agada. Agada means to give us kolom and halacha gives us um, pieces. It is important for us to understand it because we function much better when we know what we're doing. Sometimes we need to evaluate different things and to um, reach conclusions about what's more important, what's less important, when there's not a halakhic clear definition of which of the two has to give way. Let's go into some of the, um, I guess, Qadoli Yisrael's approaches. And there is room for an endless amount of giving a klal to it, whether in a big way or just a nuance. The two pieces that are immutable are halacha is halacha. In other words, if your klal fits 99% of halacha and one of them, it does not fit. For instance, if somebody says Shabbos is a day to be together with the family, but your poor Aunt Selma, who's such a sweet old lonely lady, and she lives 60 miles away, and it's hard for her walk the 60 miles on Shabbos, and she can't drive with the car, then it's, it's, it, it's shotted out. And m- Being there with the family might be a prat of Shabbos, but it certainly can't be the klal because way too many halachas uh, eliminate that. So um, the halachic bits, the, just like a scientist, he can theorize anything as long as the data is correct, that's one caveat. If the data is not correct, he will either have to label it as an exception for a reason or we'll just have to redo the theory. The second thing, and this is a harder one, is um, the, the, the um, Kalal has to be within the realm of Torah true values. Um, Lamas, let's give, let's give the same counterexample to um, to this in in, uh, in the secular world, statisticians sit all day long and study correlating events, and they will study what type of economy produced what type of president, what type of foreign policy situation produced what type of president, Democrat or Republican or whatever, um, and and you know and a lot of they they just keep going with this and so on and so forth. They also have a cutesy division that has, like, in years that the miniskirt was popular, uh, Democratic president got elected Republican president, the year that the wine crop was good in, 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 in France, this type of president, that president, in no, and, and they will obviously, they will try hundreds of different things like that. And every so often they'll find one that pops neatly up to that point. Nobody in his right mind is going to say, oh, this is a very good, um, this is a very, very good indicator of the president. Somewhere along the line, there's also a sense that it has to be a sensible solution. So, in Torah Lehavtl, there has to be a Torah value. If some some perverted person would come up with that all the myths in the Torah enhance the worship of the Baal, and he would quote-unquote prove it, we would say he's, off, um, off his racket, simply because we know that Avodah Zorah is not a Torah value, and, and it's just not going to work. So, um, we we can take many kolalim and have it fit the Torah. Um, we must make sure that it sticks to halacha, and we must make sure that the Ruach Advaram fits in with the Ruach of what we would feel are Torah values. What we feel means, by learning enough Torah, one gets a sense the Torah positive values are Chesed, and Emes, and Tov, and, and Akarish Baruch Hu and so on. And the negative values are Arayas, and and Ra, and so on and so forth. In a general sense, we, d- we do have a sense of what could be, values, what could not be. Let's take a look at the different approaches so we get a sense of this. There's one approach, and um, this is going to be reflected later when we speak about yeshivas and the learning. That t- that uh, l- l- once before that, I'm oh sorry. Let me let me go with an earlier approach. The Rambam in Mor goes through all the mitzvahs to give time. And um, when you go through them, you're struck by something. Every single mitzvah has only one reason. The reason it is, to affirm the Achzus VaKadosh and to negate Davodizara, and some of the reasons seem to be some of it seems to be extremely accurate, some of it seems to be plausible, and some of it seems to be way out. And the Rambam is insistent on it. Um, it. It's it's straight down the line. It, almost every single mitzvah and avodah we think of has to do with Achzus VaKadosh The Rambam was reflecting that Gemara of Bochav VaKaduna Achas. At the end of the day, the mitzvahs bring out the achdus of Hakadosh Baruch Hu in the world. In a sense, the Mequbalim and their language have the same thing. The same in its own language and in its own concepts means a very similar thing. The world looks to us as a it looks to us like bits and pieces. And by bringing Hakadosh Baruch Hu's all-encompassing self into the picture, I am. Bringing everything and affirming it shabbos achdos. The Kobolim had their own mahalachim and how to do it. The rambam tried to be very, very straightforward and show you how all the various of whether it's shaving, being makif, is is kind of drinking blood, etc., etc., all have a vodezardik hashrushin. I want to make a comment about this also. It's not the rambam is not as facile as it looks like. Ah. Oh, they have the avodah drank blood, so Torah after it. This is going back three thousand years ago. So why is the They shaved the head. They of the avodah could have beards. So so why? And the, the Rambam. I think the way the Rambam understands it is, there are activities that, by their very nature, have an avodah bent to it. L'marshal. You have avodos that are considered universal in the yeshatavodah zara, and nactara, and so on. So these are things, blood is used in almost every type of Avodah Zarah. Blood is a very important element in it. Something with the head, wearing a headdress, shaving it, shaving it off, shaving it on, was very common to many Avodah Zarahs. In other words, the Torah picked Averis that seemed to be very universal in their appeal of Avodah Zarah and mitzvahs that affirm a Karish So the Rambam's Mahalach is Emunah is the Kalal Godel of Taira. Every single mitzvah affirms it Every single avera um, and keeps you away from lack of a Munah, and that's how the picture comes together. The um, <coughs> the, the, the the for instance, and it's or the also, but if I'm just just picking it because that's the most familiar one. Place the emphasis on Talmud Torah. Talmud Torah is Keneged kulam. Talmud Torah encompasses the whole Torah. The halacha is, given your choice, you should learn rather than anything else. The overriding here is is Torah. And everything it revolves around learning. The mitzvahs we have to do are minimums to keep our neshama in the right place, so that the learning is meaningful. And if we were to do various, we could learn. We'd, we'd be most of that's bravo. But the cloud godel of kolaterikula is the understanding of it. So the doing of the mitzvahs is a tanai. It's lomor But it's not the. A, a, but the pachlos of doing is that so that we understand. The Tachas of doing is so that that which we learned is, is Emestas and not just idle, you know, intellectual uh, gymnastics. But, but really learning is the, is the Klau Kuloi and that's how the Cheder of the grain was built and based and understood. So, if a Jew wasn't learning what to ask, what is my Tachas To help the person who's learning and that way, I become part of his learning, uh, just like the wi- oh my stomach. Why does my stomach have a chaylik and Why is my stomach? Um, what its purpose is to provide the, the 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 nutrition and bring it to the brain or the hands of the, the mitzvahs or the brain who's who's learning. The same thing. Everything is built around tayor, support for it. The centerpiece of kol Yisrael was all the tribes around the Mishkan the mishkan had the kodesh Kedashim center, the, the, the kodesh had the Uren, the Uren had the Luchos and the Torah in it. So everything was focused on Torah and Luchos. And the only activity that is spiritual, in a full sense, is learning. It's, it's a non-physical activity, really. And we use our brains, what we learn with our minds. So this becomes the center and klal Golo came along, and Hasidus said, no, the Klaal of Kula is a person's um, heart, meaning his his nish, what, what you know what Libabay. The Mishkan was the center, it's and 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 the the, the, the Mishkan was the center of Kaisal, but the Mishkan was all about Avodas Hashem, At the end of the day, a person can be intellectual, but it's all about himself. It's not about a Kaddish Baruch The only genuine Avodah is when it comes to the heart. And therefore, tefillah is the primary expression, the Kalal Godel of Kalah tefillah. Because tefillah is a total, um, a, a, a total negation of self in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Torah is very important. It's an important mitzvah, and it's a chiv to learn whenever you can. But given the choice between davening longer and learning less, it's clear. Davening is the important one Learning is a less important one. Is it true that a person who is osing in Torah all the time, like Avshim Rechoy, is potter from Torah? Yes. Just like somebody who works in the Chaveh Kaddish is potter from Krishna. But you're not going to say that the purpose of Kalei is to be in Chaveh it, The person in the Chaveh Kaddish is potter because he's being also in The person who is like Avshim he's being osing in Talmud Torah in a very special way. He becomes potter from Tefillah. But that's not meant to be the picture of a Kalei Yisroh. Shem is the exception. Just like the Geind the Kaddishah is part of many Krishna is the exception. It's not the cloud of Kalat kula that to become part of Kaddisha is the the is the goal of people in so Yisrael. So, um, Tefillah, so Lev as opposed to Rosh, Tefillah as opposed to Torah, um, Avodah Hashem as opposed to Hasulah became the core of Hasidus. So, w- w- interesting, we have two the movements of Ehrlicha people, and um, both wholeheartedly warning over Hashem, both keeping the same mitzvahs, you know, with, with all the sniping at the does not a fill, that, but at the end of the day, keeping the same Shochah learning the same Gemaras, and have two very different worldviews. Um, it reflects itself on a practical level. In in the litvishal world, the yeshiva was an entity that stood above anything else in in the tzibur. And um, a rav is nice and a community is nice and they're wonderful. A yeshiva stood in its own. It, it's, like, it, it's, um, it, it's like the difference between a, a, a major university and a high school. A high school belongs to a neighborhood. A major university is, is a force on its own. It's its, its own the Yeshivas became so That is So Communities are where you take care of your mitzvah needs and your daily needs of the people that are not learning and so on. That was a view. By Chassidim Lamashal, was the other way around. The Rebbe, who was a big tzaddik, was the focal, was the focal point of, of, uh, of, of Avoras HaShem, and Rosh Shiva fulfilled an important function. He taught people, but he wasn't the dominant figure, and everything centered around the Rebbe, who wasn't supposed to be the Ovid HaShem, and the Misbal. Musa came along, and Musa had a different approach. And Musa's approach was, that a person's Midas, are really what it's all about. Um, they referred back to the Rabbi Chaim Vital in Avodas Hakodesh, where he in, 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 in Kedusha, where he where he um, where he says that middos are so obvious they come before Torah. The all of the mitzvahs are there to enhance a person's midos. So besides doing mitzvahs as as we're supposed to do them, working on one's midos is probably the most important part of Ores Hashem. It's the only thing that directly finds a person. A person can be learning, and a person can be davening, and yelling away, and full of kafanis, but he is blissfully ignorant of his own metzias, and he's, he's full of terrible midas. If a person that B'tzal Malakim, working on midas is supposed to be the thing that makes it Malakim. So that was what the chassid, what the Musa preached, and once again, it the fight between Musa and the Musa itself the a world with not a few battles and with a lot of opposition. And the opposition was kind of a sense when someone could come along and say in, in, in the standard yeshiva model or the standard go'on model, um, the, 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 this is the way we would tell somebody. You're learning great and you're become time You have a flaw that you're a and you need to work on gaiva because it's an isa because the doesn't like Balgaiva and so on. In the Musa model, we were told somebody, um, what's your learning worth? You're learning for your own aggrandizement, for your own arrogance. You're not learning for Kadishprach, so your Talmud Torah is all going to feed your gaiva, And that is the opposite of Tzal Malkim. It's the opposite of what it should be, and your learning is worthless. It's a very different conceptually. We're talking about two different models. Here we're telling somebody you're great with a floor, here we're telling somebody you missed the main point. You have, a, you have the, all the ancillary material, you just don't have the main point. You can look at, yes? Are there any other legitimate cheeses? Yeah, uh, well, well, well we, we will go through some of them. We have Chancellor Foul hirsch in his writings, it, it, and it's not clear, Chancellor um, Fahl-Hirsch was very big into giving the sweeping picture of things. It was one of his great feats that he was able to do it. His Sefer Chorah, which gives a sense of all the mitzvahs, he started by going through all the points of what the halachas are. He also had, I have, I saw his grandson, who was a neighbor of mine, a friend of mine, I mean, great-great-grandson, um, he, he had all the Zohars on the Indian, Even though he never caught the Zohars in Germany, Kabbalah was not considered... Le, you know, wasn't kind of part of the legitimate Masorah, uh, so to speak. Not, I don't mean a practice, I just mean it just wasn't part of what people spoke about, and it didn't feel it right, to speak, for for Zyber, But he had all the Zohar codices down, and used that, all those pieces to build a world view. Um, he had all the the data, and then made a sweeping world view. Ashkenazical Hirsch's view was that. Um, the world in its entirety, the halachas of the Torah, are to bring the world to its shleimus. And it creates a society of people that are noble, elevated, great people, and a world that may reflects that. That's the style of his writing. It was extremely appealing in Germany, where that's why people thought. I mean, if your attitude is, you know, I couldn't kill us of anybody else. How am I being perfected? Then uh, Rambam Paul Hirsch doesn't really talk to you. But when you speak about sweeping grand vision of a world of people of humans, of societies, and so on, um, it was a very uplifting type of approach. And many people today feel comfortable. Once again, when people they have more of a universal sense of of things, when people. Um, have, have a, a, um, an inclusive sense of things, um, it, it also speaks to them. Uh, let's give one more model, and that is the model of uh, the Mequbolim. The model of the Mequbolim, it was that the world became flawed terribly through Arveira, um, whether it's the Mauritians Aveira, whether it's prior imperfections in the Bria, and everything we do is there to be metakin those flaws. And once we put it together, we will have the picture it's supposed to be. So the talk is about tikkunim, about bringing together pieces that have become separated. That's sort of l'shem yichud and so on. I'm, I'm oversimplifying a bit, but I, I just, just to give a, a general sense of it. So there was a picture of something that was... Um, also different approach. So here we have five different approaches, all valid and all work. Um, just to show how far this process goes, even Hasidus, for instance, was no means monolithic in its approach. It started out with a big dugish on An Rachman and the, the need to keep talking about the heart and so on and so forth. Um, people in, in the literature world criticize Hasidim, because a lot of their redlocks seem to be, um, I mean, in in the world of Pshat, and certainly of Digduk, it's kind of off, to put it mildly. But it's like somebody listening, somebody who has a tin ear, and he listens to poetry being read, and at the end of a beautiful poem he says, I disagree with that person. I was there in the forest. The brook that flows there." is not clear, it does not tinkle, I would rather describe it as a more of a rushing sound and etc., etc., and he criticizes it for the geography and the, and the topography of it. I mean, the person has missed the boat. A chsidah is supposed to strike at the melodic part of a person's neshama. And, 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 and for a person who feels that way, for the person with that type of neshama, that's a lot more emes the 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 the, the sum of the poem is a lot more Emes than the than the um, than the details of it and um, you know so Chedas so did that but then came along the Balatanya for instance and he said an emotional um, arousal that starts with singing and clapping and dancing is hype it's not Emes. it's got to start with deep philosophical slash Kabbalah slash in um, introspection, and when a person thinks about that, it arouses his senses. He 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 ran into a huge machlokas and many of his friends um, left him at that stage, and he said, y- "You take us back to the litvaks." I mean, this is not what Balsamtev had in mind. He did not have a mind deep contemplative study. He had a mind pure, unadulterated emotion. And his and and Baltania said, "Well, that is nonsense. Pure unadulterated emotion is hype." It doesn't last. It's insubstantial. And um, Kutz came along, and actually, sort of, was a Mussa type approach. Kutz said, <coughs> "It's all full of it. Hype and deep philosophical contemplations um, are, are are anesthesia to keep a person away from uh, from being honest about himself. When you when you when you when you're in the eighth rakia with the Balatanya, or you're your eighth dance with with the with the with the, with the other Hasidim." Um, you, you don't, you, you're not criticizing yourself and saying, you know what, down deep what I feel like having now is Charlton Kiggle a- And uh, unless a person focuses on himself and rips himself to pieces, there's no MS. So Cuts came and was miming everything on MS and said, nothing is worth anything unless it is so bluntly MS, there's no room to mistake the purity of it. So we have just an, exa- an example of a lot of different approaches um, all of them em as long as they stuck to the halacha and to a, a, a value, that's a totar value. Just curious about the Rebbe. I mean, all of the movements Rebbe talking about here. I mean, the Bill Nagon lived in the 1700s. Uh, the Balshensa was at the same time. The mustard movement and Rosh they all came in the 1800s. So yes. well, what about the 17 to 2000 years before that? Um, okay, it, it, it's hard. Um, it, it is hard for me capture a flavor of earlier period. The Spanish period certainly had a, a flavor that's discernible. It just historically we're, we're removed a bit. The Rambam certainly had an approach. Uh, the Ramban has a certain <coughs> sense of it. It's just harder because we're removed from it historically and, and we don't have so much of the flavor of, of, of what went on. These are movements that were still somewhere attached to it. They still exist. They still speak to us. So it was easier for me to Um, sort of relate to it. I, I can't do that with the early ones really. Okay. Yeah.